welcome to the Hillington Hospital's NHS Foundation Trust podcast. Welcome to the Menopause podcast. Neil Watson, a consultant gynaecologist in the Trust, is here today to talk about the changes in the body during the menopause and in the perimenopause and what we can do to support women during this time. Hi Neil, I'm so glad to have you on the podcast. Can you talk us through what's happening in a woman's body during the menopause and the perimenopause? Thank you very much for asking me to to be involved in this podcast and it's a great honour and I think as I say a very important aspect because it affects over 50% of our population um, and is very important and it affects women during their work life balance. In relationship to the menopause, the menopause is strictly defined as the last menstrual period and you have to wait 12 months before you make that diagnosis as such. It's actually not a practical definition and a lot of women will um, suffer with symptoms leading up to the menopause, the so-called perimenopause. The menopause hasn't changed at all in that it occurs around about the age, average age of 51. But there are some women who will go through the menopause much, much younger than that. Um, and I've seen the youngest, I think, is someone who is in their early 20s. Um, so it, it can affect women at many different ages and it's essentially the failure of um, the ovary. The ovary has has a number of eggs, a finite number of eggs which are used up in each menstrual cycle and when they run out around the time of 50 then the menopause occurs and that leads to the lack of hormones being produced by the by the ovary. You mentioned symptoms, what symptoms will a woman feel because of all of this happening in her body? so the, the the symptoms are, are, are related so estrogen has effects throughout the body like all other endocrine organs like the pancreas the uh the thyroid glands parathyroid adrenal glands and hormones are proteins that uh, or um, amino acids that travel around the body and um have an effect in organs in all different areas of, of, of the body so in relationship to the menopause the um Patients will have, or women will have, significant problems with the, within the brain. So, estrogen receptors are in the brain, which has an effect on, firstly, on sleep. So, a lot of people think that the hot flushes that women get classically around the menopause um, stop sleep. In fact, this isn't the case. There are receptors within the sleep centre in the in the brain, and without estrogen, women don't have the proper REM sleep. So in studies where you do plasmography and measure the the, the time of the flush, it has no link with actually the sleep. And sleep's really, really important. So I I have patients who, um, sorry about that. I have patients who uh, have, um, so patients who have problems with, with, with sleep, they may well sleep for 12 hours a night. They wake up and they say to me, my goodness, I, I, didn't, I shouldn't have bothered going to bed because I'm just as tired now as I was before I went to sleep. Right, your quality that's of because sleep. they're not. Yeah, so they're not having that proper REM sleep, which is that deep sleep. You only need a couple of hours of that and you'll feel very reflect, refreshed and things from that point of view. And that estrogen is quite important in that aspect of, of, of sleep patterns. Okay. It also affects the ability to concentrate. Um, and there are some very elaborate studies showing that the ability to do sudokus or any any sort of mental tasks are significantly mm-hmm. reduced in patients 
without oestrogen. And if you give oestrogen back to those patients, i.e. hormone replacement therapy, they're able to then function properly. A lot of women also have problems with mood, feeling very low, but also very anxious. Um, and I have patients who really struggle having been able to cope all their life and, and actually achieved amazing things. Suddenly at the time of the menopause, they suddenly lose all confidence, yeah. can't go to meetings. And there are a lot of a lot of women who have ended up actually retiring early because of the menopause and, and losing that confidence and that ability to sort of just carry on and, and do their job properly. Yeah, um, right. And uh, research has shown that, in fact, one in 10 women have left work because of symptoms of the menopause. So it's really important for us to understand what's going on. And, and also and research. You know, they're a great workforce who suddenly just disappear at a time yeah. of their prime. So it's a, it's a real tragedy. Um, and there's also been research to show that a third of women going to their GP with these symptoms of menopause and mental symptoms are being offered antidepressants. Is this the right thing to be doing? What medication is advised? Well, well, no, I, I don't. I mean, I, I, I think there's a fundamental problem with the menopause and the understanding of the menopause and there seems this huge reluctance to actually address the issue at the end of the day what i can't i can't understand and i cannot understand the reluctance in relationship to it is that essentially it is a failure of an organ the ovary and we have no qualms about replacing any other hormone in the body um, thyroid as i said all the other endocrine organs thyroid pancreas etc and yet we seem to have this huge reluctance to replace the hormone that's caused by the ovary. And you get lots of excuses. One, oh, well, it's natural and therefore we should, women should put up with and get on with it because it's, it's not natural. It's not natural for you or me to be alive today. We'd have been dead a long time ago if it hadn't been to vaccines, antibiotics and all sorts of very unnatural things that are keeping us alive. Yeah. So to turn around and say it's a natural phenomenon and therefore we should ignore it, I think is a very is very unhelpful. Um, and it is important to replace the hormones that that ovary would normally be producing in, in the uh, when the when the woman was younger, because it does have not only is it within the brain and the concentration, anxiety, etc., and mood, sleeping, but also it's very important for protecting the heart and we've got very clear evidence that women taking HRT at the right time would have a reduction in heart attacks by anything up to 50 percent wow. so it reduces cardiovascular disease also reduces Alzheimer's and has um, uh, and, and and helps with mental ability and mental agility later on in life and then finally it's really really important for maintaining bone integrity yeah. Um, so, so collagen is really important within the bone and there's very clear evidence that osteoporosis could almost largely be prevented if women were on HRT uh, or took the right amount of HRT at the right time. But the collagen that oestrogen that produces is not only important in the bone, it's also important in the joints and in the, you know, the, the disc, intervertebral discs. Women will often lose a significant amount of height because of collapse of those discs and there's a change in their height at the beginning of the day and the end of the day because of those discs and maintaining those discs is really, really important. And oestrogen is, is, is very important in that aspect. And then finally, it's quite important within, within the skin. And if you compare a 65 year old woman 
to her 65 year old husband, that woman will have prematurely aged in comparison if she's not been on HRT, both intellectually and with the skin and, and, and maintaining the skin function and things from that point of view. I don't believe it's vain. I think it's very important that people remain lung, not only in mind, but also in body. Yeah. And estrogens will, Inside will, will maintain out. that as well. So um, a lot of us will remember publication about health risks of taking estrogen, uh, namely in breast cancer risk. Is, that, is this a real risk if somebody wants to take HRT? Let's take it for one other question. In relationship, the, 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 one of the highest cancers in the world is, is prostatic cancer in men. If we were to chop men's testes off, we would see a reduction in prostatic cancer. Because testosterone is involved in that and it has a higher risk for men having their own testosterone than women having their own estrogen in relation to breast cancer. But interesting, if you the, the, the real problem occurred. So for many, many, many years, there were 20, 30 papers showing an increase, showing that women lived longer, had a more fulfilling life and felt significantly better on HRT. There was no question whatsoever. And then um, about 14 years ago, along came the WHI study, which was a study set up by cardiologists in America who knew that HRT was very cardioprotective. But what they didn't know was whether it was worth starting pa patients at the age of 65 with HRT to protect their hearts. Right. It was a huge study. It was seven. Uh, it was a seven million dollar study. And they started the study at the time I was doing research and I said they were bonkers. It seemed the wrong study to doing because they were giving oral therapy to patients that had already had the fats laid down in their arteries because they hadn't had oestrogen for, for sort of 12, mm -hmm. 12 years or 15 years. Um, and then they gave them oral therapy, which thickens the blood um, and thickened blood, thin arteries. What's going to happen? Increase heart attacks. So five years after they started the study, they stopped it because they saw an increase in heart attacks, exactly what they wanted to avoid. If women have the, the, the hormones through the skin, it avoids that. And then they, they wouldn't have had, I'm sure they wouldn't have had the same findings in that in that in that scenario. And then one individual decided to write a paper about breast cancer. And it came out with the conclusion that there's a there was a threefold increase in the risk of breast cancer in women taking HRT. Overnight that stopped. Everyone ignored all the previous research and it stopped HRT in its tracks. If you explore that paper, there were some significant flaws. One, it was written by an individual on his own and he didn't involve any of the other collaborators in, in the initial publication and a lot of them were very upset. So the incidence of breast cancer in 65 year old women in America is a, about three in 10,000. Those women who went on HRT for five years, after five years, the incidence was three in 10,000. So there were no more cases of breast mm. cancer in women taking HRT. However, those taking a dummy tablet showed a small reduction that went down to one in 10,000. So they, from that, they then concluded there was a threefold increase in the risk of breast cancer in women taking HRT. Despite it being a huge study, there were actually no more cases of breast cancer. But overnight, that stopped HRT in its tracks. Interestingly, that particular study went on to treat women who had had hysterectomies and were on oestrogen only. And after 12 years of use, they demonstrated that there was a 
um, there was a 25% lower incidence of breast cancer in women taking oestrogen only mm -hmm. and compared to placebo and a 40% lower chance of dying from breast cancer if you develop breast cancer. So there are a couple of other studies now coming forward to suggest, God forbid, if you do develop breast cancer, let's hope you're on HRT because the prognosis does seem to be better in that subgroup. Okay, interesting. And if somebody doesn't want to take HRT for whatever reason, are there any other options? Is there a way to naturally increase your oestrogen? There, there, that you can use phytoestrogens or ones. One of the problems is they're not going to make any difference in relationship. If you're getting oestrogen in the body um, or making it through natural remedies or whatever, it's exactly it's exactly the same as having. So there's not any very long term data on the safety of any of these um, natural options and things like Coash and Cobash and one or two of the others. There's very little data on it to be able to say, well, actually, but if it's increasing those oestrogen levels, if you believe that is a cause for a breast cancer, it's not going to make any difference at all. But I know a lot of patients right. have gone to it. And it's again this natural aspect. Well, I want to I want to do it all naturally. Mm -hmm. Yet my argument is if if we were, went down that route, we, none of us would be alive take today. Take any medication. No, OK. And if a woman wants to get support because of the menopause or the perimenopause, what should they do? I mean, I think increasingly GPs are beginning to become more and more supportive of it. I mean, it, it, uh, the, although I do, you know, I have seen patients privately and then the GP has turned around and told the patient, I don't know what I'm talking about and that she should not do, take anything for this and then frighten the living daylights out of them in relationship to breast cancer. And, and it, I don't know whether it's been endemic, but it's one of the ways of reducing your, um, your, pharmacy budget by making sure patients don't go but it's interesting a lot of GPs will then prescribe antidepressants and I think the costs mm -hmm. of antidepressants are probably just as high as going on HRT and won't have any of the benefits that HRD has in protecting the bones in protecting the heart and protecting everything else as well so yes it seems right. illogical to me but I, I, I don't understand why there is this huge huge anti-HRT and it's been there for a very long time, but thankfully has changed with Davina McCall and the other celebrities talking about um, HRT. Yeah, she, so she's done two really interesting documentaries. Take a look if um, you want to find out more about the menopause. There's also a new staff support group at Hillingdon Hospitals called the Menopause Support Group. The information's on the staff internet for anybody who is interested in talking about being in the menopause. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, if anybody wants to find out more, have a good look at all the resources available to you on the internet. There's a great website, menopausedoctor.co.uk. A member of staff, as I said, can uh, join the menopause support group. And there's also um, a free app called Balance, which has got lots of articles and information um, and available on the App Store and Google Play. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. So that's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. Please do join in the conversation about this episode. Tag us in social media and uh, send us any other comments and let us know your thoughts and we'll see you next time.